Welcome to Comic-Cons, a geek podcast for the rest of us who are the rest of us. My name is Nick Stevens and I'm your host, but in a way, aren't we all with me today? Very special guest. Took a long time to get her in the garage with the headphones at the mic. <laughs> Here she is. My beautiful, <laughs> my beautiful wife, Jennifer Stevens. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to use your government name, but everybody, I use my government name. So, yeah, here we are. Here we are. We're gonna do this. This is no. exciting, huh? I gotta go. What? I gotta go. But you just got here. No, I can't do it. What do you do? What, what are you talking about? We got everything set up. Hey, where are you going? Hey. Ah, shit. Utah, give me two. Here we go. Thundercats! Oh! Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. <laughs> you Greenpeace types are pacifists, aren't you? If it bleeds, we can kill it. And yet, it's. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Klopek. What is that, Slavic? No. About a nine on the tension scale, rope. This is a little bell I ring when someone's being a total ass. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You no good. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about a lot of things, okay? We're going to talk about The Lion King, okay? We're going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, we're going to talk about The Boys, okay? That's right, The Boys. We're going to talk about all of it, but about The Boys, okay? Let's talk about having a boy, all right? Let's talk about having a son, you know? Because the son is like a sword, and a sword must be forged, <laughs> You know, and you have to raise a son as a father and, and try to pass down uh, values, you know, principles, principalities, maybe even, you know, platitudes, maybe, maybe even some longitudes and some latitudes. I don't know, but instill in him some kind of sense of bearing, a sense of purpose, a sense of responsibility. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I think with part of that, you also kind of have to realize that maybe, just maybe, you want to take advantage of the time you have with a little one. And actually, I should take a step back. This applies to raising a little girl just as much as it would uh, apply to raising a little boy. But all I know is raising a boy thus far. So that's what I'm going to speak to. You know what I mean? And let's just say I'm, I don't know, I'm on this earth for a limited time. Okay. Let's assume that I'm, I'm, I'm going to saunter off my mortal coil or shift into the etherverse or, or, or multiverse at some point in the near future, the undetermined future, rather. I don't know when I'm going to go. And when I go, I want to know that everybody's going to be okay. Might be uh, one of my greatest fears of all time right now is just being uh, so temporary, you know, that, uh, oh my God, now I have this purpose. And I can honestly say this without even joking, that I think my purpose, as far as I'm concerned, is that I'm a dad. Like, that's my purpose. Like, when you're young, you know, you're like, what's our purpose in the world? Is there a God? Does God have feet? Where do we go? And it's like, um, I don't really care about all that anymore. Right now, I just care about what happens to my baby boy. You know what I mean? 
or to my beautiful wife, you know? And God forbid, like, she meets another suitor after I'm gone, you know what I mean? Like, there better be, like, a grace period, like, at least a 35-year grace period, you know what I mean? Hmm? Huh? Anyway, I'm just saying, my baby boy, you know, I think about him, and I don't want him to be alone in the, in the world, you know? So, that being said, if I am so temporary, you know, if I am so evanescent, you know, hmm, then I want to make sure that I pick my battles, you know, and I, and I soak up all the good times with him while I can. And I don't want to spend my limited time here on this earth yelling at him for stuff like, you know, make sure you eat your green beans and uh, sit upright at the table, you know. I want to instill good things in him, but they don't have to be so minute that, like, God forbid he's done eating before us and I got to turn this into a half-hour pout and squout and piss and kiss contest, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that's a phrase. Uh, you know, a, a, a pissing contest between me and you-know-who and who's watching because I want him to sit there as an example to other people. You know, I'd much rather have him just be polite and be and be and be loving and just be the little rascal that he is while I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I gotta pick my battles. Now, if he's hurting somebody or if he like, you know, he's disrespectful to his mama or to his papa, we gotta like say, hey, look, and we don't do that. You know, we try to curb the behavior by saying, hey, look. You want to be nice. You got to be comforting. Every now and then he tortures that goddamn dog. And I go, hey, you got to be nice to that dog. That defenseless little furry creature. God bless her. She's missing teeth. She's old. She's got cataracts. You got to be a good little boy. And if we have a little one after Zeph one day, we got to teach him the same thing. That's your baby sis or baby bro. You got to be good. You got to treat people with respect, you know? But as long as he's not hurting anybody, who are these people yelling at their kids at the grocery store like they're grown adults? Like, sit the fuck down before I smack you in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Come on, people. You know? Or, hey, man, you better you better sit down right now before I smack you right in the mouth again. I said I wanted that cold red. I drank that cold red. Give me another Big Mac in my big gulp. I, I'm tired of it. You know? And I hear it and I go, never. Not me. I'm not going to do it. I refuse. You know what I mean? I refuse. Now, that being said, you go to the grocery store, okay? And if you're not a parent, it doesn't matter. You'll still enjoy the story. You go to the grocery store. You see those carts out there. Some of them are like little car carts. You know, there's a fucking race car one. There's a police car one. There's a fire truck one. Guess what, guys? The cliches are all true. Kids, boys especially, love cars and fire trucks. You know what I'm saying? So what are you going to do? They don't like going to the grocery store. It's kind of boring. What do they get out of that? They don't care about the waffles. They don't care about the burritos. They don't care about the eggs or the fresh produce. They don't care about none of that. So what are we going to tell them? What are we going to tell them? We're going to the store. Yay, hooray. And they don't want to sit in the cart half the time. At least mine doesn't. Mine's a guy on the go. When I say he's on the go, he's got appointments in Vegas, Miami. He's got to go to Bermuda with Merlin. I love the sword in the stone. If you've seen it, I love you. If you haven't, check it out. It's at the library. He's on the go. And he wants to go places, likely. So... Rather, he doesn't want to sit still in a cart unless I can kind of trick him and say, look, it's not a regular grocery cart, my man. It's a fucking fire engine grocery cart. And you can sit in there now. That being said, these things are designed for multiple kids. I don't know why. They're bigger than the regular grocery carts. So while you might sit in one, you know, one kid, girl or boy, in a regular grocery cart, these bigger ones, the cars, the fire trucks, the police cars, they fit, I don't know, about two to three. They're bigger. Don't ask me why. They don't make... Uh, cars for the regular ones, although the aforementioned code red parents will try to squeeze in more than one kid in a regular grocery cart, it happens, but that's where you live. Rednecks, rednecks, got them, rednecks. 
Now, listen, I'm going to the grocery store. I see, I see there's, a, there's a fire engine cart. I already know what I got to do. Now, granted, it's the only one there. And there's a mom coming up behind me with like two kids, one who's like four, one who's like, you know, an infant. And I have to posture this to, to the universe. I got to go, hey, is this a dick move by stealing this cart? Is this a dick move? I got to say this. Is it a dick move? And guess what, kids? It's not a dick move. You know why it's not a dick move? Because it's survival of the fittest. And we all got to do what we got to do. It doesn't matter if I have one kid, two kids, three kids, or four. I'm taking that cart because I know that cart will make all the difference between my boy throwing a goddamn fit and having a meltdown over a nice peaceful stroll through the store while I saunter through the aisles and I pick out the necessary items on the list that the wife gave me. Because we're running errands, we got to take care of shit, and we got to do what we got to do. And that mom with the two kids, with the three to four-year-old who can walk, by the way, should probably walk. Look, my kid's getting heavy. He doesn't want to walk all the time, especially in this unbearable heat. But if they're big and they can walk, then they can walk. If you're big and you can walk, then you got to walk. Your kids aren't plants. Got to walk them. Kids are not plants. You don't plant them. You got to walk them. Sometimes kids get tired. They don't want to walk. That's when you get in the car, you go home, see, and you put them down for naps, see, and that's how it all balances out. Or you go to a non-grocery store with an extra cart and say, hey, this one has more carts. I don't got to fight the guy for this car. <laughs> I'm so retarded. This is probably the most retarded podcast. Uh, but uh, if you're listening to it, it means you like it for some reason. So, Oh, yeah, movies and comic books. I guess we should talk about that. Grocery stores. That's what I was talking about. Grocery stores. Do you guys actually remember when, uh, when they actually sold comic books in grocery stores? There was a little spinner rack, okay? Just like at the 7-Elevens. And you could go in there, flip through them, manhandle them all you wanted to, and buy a comic. I miss those days. You know, long gone are those days. Now people have to go to like a bookstore and they're all pristine and they're on a shelf and like there's no folding of any kind. And like if you do like get your grubby little hands on it, God forbid you're going to get like a snickering or a hey, hey, hey from the comic book store guy. He's like, don't touch that. That's Green Lantern. Uh, don't fold the edges, please. No, I say fold away because the comics are for kids. And the grown men that come in after them that read them like myself should respect that and understand that. In fact, you should have a complete uh, surplus of comics for the kids to fucking go through if it's that fucking necessary. You know what I mean? The grocery stores aren't going to sell them anytime soon. So why not, if you're not going to bring it back, at least bring back that understanding that, hey, these comics are an everyday kind of guy. They're for the people, okay? They're not for the minute God. They're not for the echelon of, of dicks. <laughs> this hoity-toity society of pinned-up man-boys, you know, waiting for their eggs to hatch. Not making sense any. More on that coming later. Uh, so look, my point is, it ain't that big a deal. We should, we should really start focusing on more important problems. But the point is, I don't even know what the point is. I lost my point completely. I'm just saying the end could come for us all. We could all die tomorrow. And what do we want to do? We want to fight with people at the grocery store over the, over the last cart or fight with our kids over not finishing their meals at the table? No, let's just fucking enjoy life. Hold our little ones close to us and our friends and family. If you don't have little ones, our pets, our cats, our doggies. And just, and just love each other, you know? Because nothing could come one day. You know, if you guys remember Never Ending Story, then nothing could come. And that turtle could warn us all, but they might not listen, you know? Our Treyu might not listen. 
you know, and he goes fucking, he might melt back down in that sludge, you know, and that little Native American boy that wasn't Native American at all will yell after him, I'll try you. I think that's what happened. And the other kid in the library in the storm will read along. You know what I mean? But that's what we do. That's what we do. And that's what this podcast does. We go down memory lane, you know, I miss comic books at the grocery store and at the 7-Elevens and the spinner racks. I miss it all. By the way, I've been reading a lot more comics lately. Uh, and I've been doing the weekly picks on my social medias, you know, like I'll pick like a weekly pick <laughs> to post on social media. It'll be like a comic that I bring in that week or in recent weeks. And I'll post a little snippet from it, you know, cause I want to like share with other people, people that maybe either don't know that much about comics that maybe want to get into comics or maybe people that are into comics that just haven't read that shit that I'm talking about. So I think a few weeks back, I posted Dr. Strange uh, by Jason Aaron, illustrated by Chris Bacalo, Bacalo, might be mispronouncing, 2015. It's an older comic. Most of the comics that I post are older because it's from my collection. They're all from my collection. Just recently, I've I've started getting into newer comics, but that's more on that in a little bit. Um, But anyway, this new character, a reluctant librarian, okay, Zelma Stanton, she agrees to reorganize Dr. Strange's magical library. He's got magic books, okay? The books, they're full of magic. Um, Brother Voodoo returns. He's a villain from Dr. Strange Comics. And the series and a spinoff, Dr. Strange Days of Magic, sees such characters as Medico Mystico Magic from X-Men or New Mutants, I should say, Scarlet Witch, hmm? Mahatma Doom. I think that's like the Mahatma Gandhi version of Doom. Uh, Professor Zoo and Monaco. And Alice Glover. I don't really know a lot of those characters. They came out of Strange Tales. They came out of the Marvel comics. But the point is, uh, it's fun. It's fun. Because um, Doctor Strange has to do all, undo all these spells. And there's like everyday things like among us, like all kinds of crazy, like majestical, interdimensional parasites around us that we don't see, only he can see. And the book does a really good way of kind of like doing a tongue-in-cheek play on it. You know what I mean? And if you're into all the mysticism of, of the Doctor Strange movie, then you'll definitely dig this. It, it kind of expounds upon all of that. And I like seeing Scarlet Witch showing up in like a witch bar with Doctor Strange where it's just a bunch of wizards and witches hanging out. Uh, the other one I posted a couple weeks ago was New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis and illustrated by Lenil Yu. Now, this run was in 2007. And uh, it was named New Avengers within the series because it was a splinter group of Avengers after the events of Civil War. If you guys only see the movies and you'll know, some shit popped up and the heroes were fighting each other, all because of a registration act. That's pretty true to the comics. I mean, it was a registration act. They wanted to register heroes and register superheroes, and then Captain America's group wasn't having it, you know? Hilarity ensued, and basically a new Avengers uh, splintered out of that because they didn't want to be registered. But the lineup was fucking awesome. You had Luke Cage, you had Spider-Man, you had Wolverine, you had uh, Spider-Woman, you had Doctor Strange. You had fucking Ronan, a.k.a. Hawkeye. You know what I mean? Just a badass. Oh, Iron Fist was in the mix. Just a badass group of guys that ended up fighting the fucking Skrulls during a Skrull invasion. And it took, they took them all the way into the seedy underworld of the hand with Elektra, out into the streets with fucking main stay villains. And then again, with uh, running on the run from S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D.'s chasing because they were technically outlaws because they weren't registered the Superhero Act. Uh, and then on top of all that, they couldn't trust anybody because they're fighting fucking scrolls, those shape-shifting sons of bitches from Captain Marvel, if you guys don't read the comics. But if you guys do read the comics or watch the Saturday morning cartoons, Fantastic Four, Ben, then you guys will know these guys have been around for a long time. And in Phase 4, God willing, we're going to see a lot more of those. But that was a really solid fucking run, 2007's New Avengers. So if you guys haven't read either of those, Doctor Strange or New Avengers, you guys should read those. And in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be 
doing a little bit more in-depth comic book reviews on some newer shit because uh, X-Men just did a complete overhaul and they're doing a whole new revamp on their characters with one of my favorite writers, Jonathan Hickman, who wrote East of West uh, and he also wrote Manhattan Projects. He also wrote for Fantastic Four and Avengers like kind of back in the day, a couple years ago, but uh, I never really got into those, but I heard they were good. But anyway, this is going to change the Marvel Universe, the X-Men Universe, forever. Forever. Okay, and it's going to be good. I already read the first issue. It's pretty tense. And uh, I'll be I'll be uh, picking up the rest of the issues and the new X-Men comics that, that come out after that, and I'll be uh, I'll be keeping track. So stay tuned for that. But before we go any further, it's not only hot in here, I'm fucking pissing blood. I would be remiss. If I did not give a quick shout out, I'm, and I hope I'm not butchering it, Fabian Cuevado, okay? AKA Kobayashi Jetta. You know what I'm saying? He follows us on the Instas. He follows the podcast closely. He's, he gives us a lot of good feedback. Uh, but he just started a podcast. And I promoted it a couple episodes ago when we did our live thing, but I want to promote it again. Vegas Ramblers, okay? Fabian Cuevado and his brother, Josh, okay? These guys, they're great, they're, 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 they're insightful. They're polite. They're well-groomed. You know what I mean? They have a good show because they, this show, if you're looking for a show out there that actually talks about pop culture and nerd culture alike uh, in great detail and, and offers insightful commentary on, on the stuff that we love to talk about, then this is a show for you. You know what I mean? I feel like my show kind of started out like that, but it sort of de-evolved into a, a madman taking control of the reins and just taking us down into a fucking abyss of dicks and Spock's tight pants and the Kennedy Johnson administration. And, and then before you know it, here we are, we're trying to save the earth. But if you had to realize that well-behaved people are rarely make history, then you don't go to church and hear about, and hear about the Trinity of God and then think, oh my God, the Trinity, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. I'm just saying it happens. Okay. So check this show out. It's good. They're about four or five episodes into their thing right now. And it's good. It's good, and, I'm, and I'm, I can't wait to hear more, so check that out. also want to give a quick shout-out to the Ex-Podcasters Podcast with Lauren Izzo and Matt Wade. They do a fun little thing where they rant rhapsodically about whatever comes to mind, but what I love about most about their show is their little segments at the end where they do a little trivia, you know, and it's good, good, it's good timing, it's, it's quick, it's clever, it's quixotic, and uh, quite frankly, it's, um, it's just fun. So those two podcasts, check them out. Now... The Lion King. Saw it with the wife, and we were going to do a commentary tonight, but, uh, you know, she had a phone call, so she had to, um, no, I don't know what she had to do. Look, she had to split, okay? At least I got her on the mic, okay? Baby steps. Progress, not perfection. Although my wife is perfect. Perfect for me and perfect for my life because she saved my life, and I couldn't be more serious when I say that. She's the reason why I'm even still around to this day. Not to be dramatic. I told it to another guy one time. I was like, yeah, she saved me, you know? My wife, yeah, she saved me. You're not going to say some Jesus shit, are you? Well, what if I did? No, but I'm not. You know, because when I was drinking, I was a madman. I was ripping and running. I was running and ripping. And she stuck with me through the end. So if you're listening to this, babe, I love you very much. And you're the reason. You're the only reason. Uh, she was going to do it, and she couldn't. And so it's just me. You just got me. And what you see is what you get. And if we don't pay no tolls, then we don't eat no rolls or, well, something like that. I think the heat's starting to sink in past the... Um, upper tier of the epidermis and now I might be coming down with a little a little a little something might be oh, oh. 
no, 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 I'm still here. I'm still here. Ah. Uh, but uh, we took the nieces to see The Lion King, and the wife and I went on a $6 movie night. And I got to say, it, was, uh, it wasn't half bad. It was fine. And that's just, you know, it's okay. You know, I don't want to be a grown man here talking on a podcast about The Lion King. You know, I don't want to be one of those guys that's going to berate this thing because it's a fucking movie for kids. You know what I mean? And I can't stand these guys out here who are like, you know, The Incredibles, the sequel just wasn't, uh, it's a movie for kids. Okay? It's for kids. It's always been for kids. And the adults can show up and there's little inside jokes for you. But guess what, guys? It's for kids. That's the demographic. But here's actually what I'm going to say. I don't really think this movie is for kids. I think this movie was made for the adults that remembered Lion King because there really wasn't a lot of things in here that appealed to the kids. We took our nieces and they were not into it. Now, I'm sure maybe if they were a little bit younger, they're probably like seven. I think one's eight. I think one's 10 because I'm a horrible uncle. I don't know. Hey, at least I'm not a creepy uncle. (laughs) Hey, it's Uncle Jerry. Hello. Hello. No, but uh, there's worse things to be. Maybe even estranged is, is probably better than, than creepy, I would, I would argue. Uh, you know, the guy that just sends a Christmas present once every five years. I don't know why he doesn't send it every other year or every year, just every five years. Uh, just like a checkup. Just like a checkup for the, for the eight awards. What? Anyway. Um, yeah, no, it was fine, but those, those mouths don't really move like the, like the ones in the animated movie. They try to make it more realistic, I guess, for the kids today. But I don't really think it translates well, you know? And that's the only thing I'm going to say about it. Like, I think it's fine. It's like a shot-for-shot remake almost. And uh, the voices for uh, Timon and and Pumbaa were great. Seth Rogen and that other guy who's kind of annoying that you saw in Parks and Rec, who's, I think, Billy, Billy, not Billy Eilish, Eilish, Eldrick, Eldrick, Eldrick Games. I don't even know. Uh, He was funny, you know? Timon was probably the MVP, to be honest. Uh, And even, uh, what's his name, you know? Young miss, I think I have a long way to go. Where are you hiding, little girl? Would you be so kind as to fall on your sword like a dying pet, like an ailing pet? Oh, my God. What's his name? Not a chinny, a chibi. The center won't hold. I can't remember his fucking name. He was Mordo and fucking uh, Doctor Strange. Anyway, he does a decent job of voicing Scar. But, uh, but that's no Jeremy Irons. Help! Scar. <laughs> Drop him. Impeccable timing, Your Majesty. Why, if it isn't my big brother descending from on high to mingle with the commoners. Sarabi and I didn't see you at the presentation of Simba. That was today? Must have slipped my mind. Yes, well, as slippery as your mind is, as the king's brother, you should have been first in line. Well, I was first in line. Until the little hairball was born. That hairball is my son and your future king. Oh, I shall practice my curtsy. Don't turn your back on me, Scar. Oh, no, Mufasa. Perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. Is that a challenge? Temper, temper. I wouldn't dream of challenging you. Pity. Why not? Well, as far as brains go, I got the lion's share, but when it comes to brute strength... I'm afraid I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. And James Earl Jones came back, but why? And then they got Beyonce, a slow Nala. When we said she was going to be a slow Nala, we called it here first in the Comic-Cons podcast, exclusively. And we were right, kids. She's a slow Nala. She shows up, hey, it's me, Nala. Stop. Lions. Get them. Like, it's bad. 
But that's not that's not what this podcast is about. I'm not going to sit here for an hour and fucking deride this thing. It's fine. Take your kids to see it. But is it movie theater good? I don't know. I think it might just be a Netflix guy, you know? You're passing through the channels. You see it's on there. Your kids are kind of bored. Pop it on. But that animated one, that 1994, I went on YouTube and I watched just a few scenes. It's pretty fucking cutthroat in terms of its advancement for when it came out. Do you mind? I'm trying to do a podcast. God, this guy's got a fucking B-52 bomber engine in his goddamn lawnmower. Why don't you get on board with the rest of us and wait two weeks like homeboy Stevens, you know? Wait two weeks. Wait, wait, wait for it to get nice and long, like a good swamp thing length, before you cut it. Now if you go out there, you can't even tell it's been a swamp. <sighs> Looks like fucking Green Acres out there, Caddyshack-style Model 101, you know what I mean? T-1000. That's right, Cyberdyne Systems. <sighs> Once upon a time in Hollywood, the wife and I had a date night. Okay? It's very important to have date nights, especially when you have the little ones, you know, because you got to get out. You got to be adults every now and then. You got to get out of that mold, that parent mold, where it, where life kind of slows down to a crawl a la Camp Corners in fucking Gremlins 2, the new batch. You know what I mean? You've seen the neighborhood. You've seen the models. And I, I got to admit, I fucking love Tarantino movies. You know what I mean? But this one was probably different than any other Tarantino movie I've seen. Uh, to me, it kind of seemed more like a Jackie Brown kind of story um, in, in terms of its pacing, at least in the beginning. But there's some fucking left hooks and right hooks and there's some surprise twists and turns in this thing that kind of catch you off guard. And I'll say this, this movie, I fucking loved it. You know, I've heard some mixed reviews out there. I think overall it's got like an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I've heard some other critical assholes on the internet going, well, it's just kind of eh. And it makes you kind of go, why? And I always wonder who these critics are, like what they're expecting out of a movie, especially if they know the filmmaker's work. Like if you know Tarantino, you know there's going to be cussing. And if you like his other movies, you know there's going to be some scantily clad women. And if you like his other movies, you know there's going to be some fucking gory-ass violence at least at some point in the film. And by the way, kids, this movie does have some gory-ass violence, but it's not what you might think going into it. It's no fucking Django for God's sakes. It's no Reservoir Dogs, and it sure as hell ain't no Kill Bill or Glorious Bastards, but it does have a good, you know, 20-minute sequence in there just for you gore fans, just to get that little craving, just to get your nuts off, just to get your rocks off. You know what I mean? And I mean ice! Mmm, the actors are great. Leo fucking knocks it out of the park as the washed-up Rick Dalton. Brad Pitt crushes it as his stuntman, his faithful friend. I can always tell a movie's succeeding when I want to be in that movie. When I saw Wes Anderson's Life Aquatic, I wanted to be on Team Zizu. You know, the characterization of those guys, it was just beautiful. I wanted to be on that boat. And I wanted to be on Rick Dalton's team. Hell, I wanted to be Rick Dalton, except for the fact that he was kind of a, a, a morbid drunk. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've kind of already been there, done that. You know what I mean? And maybe that's why I empathize with him a little bit more. But I fucking love Leonardo DiCaprio. He's probably my favorite actor. I think he is my favorite actor. No, he is my favorite actor, I think. Um, at least... I mean, I was really so, I was so stoked that he won for Revenant. But I mean, it was overdue. You know what I mean? The motherfucker can act. Hey, Randy. Well, so you're still with Rick, huh? Still here. You in there? Yeah, just knock. Just, just look, just, just, just put him in the wardrobe, all right? What's it gonna hurt? Then if you need him, you got him, all right? <laughs> then they gotta have a conversation with that wardrobe assistant. And man, she's a... Bitch, I just don't. Right, please, look, I, look Randy, I, I'm asking you to help me out, man. If the, if the answer's no, the, the answer's no. Not, not no with excuses. Hey, man. This ain't a 
Andy McLaughlin picture, you know. And I can't afford to hire a bunch of guys that smoke cigarettes and sit around talking to each other all day on the chance that I might use them. I got a four-man team here, Rick. If I need more than that, I got to get it approved. And, you know, I, I, I got to look after my dudes. Hey, hey, and if your dudes were a better match for me, I'd say, oh, okay, you got me. But, but, but that's not the case, and you know it. He, he's a great match for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, no. Hey, you could do anything you want to him. Throw him off a building, right? Light him on fire. Hit him with a Lincoln, right? Get creative. Do whatever you want. He's just happy for the opportunity. Rick? Yeah. I don't dig him. And I don't dig the vibe he brings on a set. I mean, Kurt Russell's on here, and he's fucking great. Timothy Oliphant shows up, and he's fantastic. This whole movie is just one giant love letter to Hollywood, specifically Hollywood in the 60s. And I wasn't around for that, but I've seen a lot of those movies. There's Steve McQueen references. There's fucking uh, The Great Escape references. And, and then the whole Sharon Tate thing with Margot Robbie, that part's brilliant because they don't overlap the real Sharon Tate. They actually show the real Sharon Tate in this movie in reference to Margot Robbie watching herself on screen, but they didn't replace her with Margot Robbie. It's just her watching the real Sharon Tate. And it's a really beautiful moment. And of course, spoiler alert, kids, he changes history. Because in Tarantino's universe, Hitler fucking died in that theater with the rest of those Nazis in a burning inferno of doom and death and glory. You know what I mean? And glory for us, by the way, not glory for them. Amen. But even in this, the famed Sharon Tate, if you look up on Wikipedia, you know the fucking answer. And guess what, kids? Tarantino changes history again. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, kids, but it involves a fucking flamethrower with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay? So put them in your fucking ice caps and fucking melt them and make sure you use the ice when you go to the third world countries because you're not supposed to. I said make sure you don't use the ice when you go to the third world countries, okay? Scratch that, flip it and reverse it. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite Tarantino movie, but my wife and I both loved it. It was uh, long in the tooth, but it didn't necessarily feel long in the tooth. It's just a great story of a guy who's just not really feeling useful anymore as everybody else kind of speeds past him. You know, and he gets older. And I can kind of relate to that, you know? Uh, and I can relate to the fact that he was even a miserable drunk in this movie because I, too, am a drunk. Just because I haven't been practicing the last five years doesn't mean that drunk just goes away all of a sudden. That drunk is still there. It's still in you. There's a great world building with the, with the, with the stuntman world in this. And, you know, and the relationship between a stuntman and his actor or an actor and his stuntman. Um, and it's just done really well in this movie. We even get Zoe, the real stunt woman from fucking Grindhouse, Death Proof. She shows up in this movie. The guy who plays Bruce Lee is great in this movie. And there's a great scene with him and Cliff Booth as they go into a, a mock fight and it's fucking played out brilliantly. Uh, so the acting, the direction, the soundtrack, of course, is amazing because it's a Tarantino film. Um, and it's definitely fucking, it's movie theater good. It's movie fucking theater good. You got to see this on the big screen because it's a Tarantino movie. I've seen all his movies on the big screen since... Since Kill Bill, I don't think I got a chance to see Jackie Brown, and I know I didn't get a chance to see Pulp Fiction because I was just kind of getting into him uh, at that point, and I kind of had to go backwards and watch Reservoir Dogs at that point. And I own all his movies now, but I mean, ever since Kill Bill 1 and 2, I've seen all of them in theaters, and it's just an experience. Um, I wish I would got to see this one in the original 75mm like I did with fucking Hateful Eight, but uh, alas, it's still good. It's still beautiful, even on the digi, even on the digital. But watch these movies as they were intended to be, kids, on the big fucking screen. I fucking love the movie theater experience. I love getting there early. I like getting the popcorn. I like watching the trailers. I love it all. And I gotta go check on the baby boy because it's four o'clock and he just went down for a nap. Not too long ago and I want to make sure he's still asleep. And if he ain't, 
We're gonna roll. Cause we gotta. Damn, he's still passed out. All right. Uh, what else? The boys. The boys are back in town. By back in town, I mean they dropped a day early on Amazon Prime. This is an Amazon Prime original show. It's eight episodes. It's based on the comic book by Garth Ennis. It's about a world full of superheroes. Superheroes are everywhere. And guess what, guys? There's so many of them, they're a little corrupt because they're run by a corporation, Voight. And this corporation puts them in movies. They put them in people's homes. They put them in people's towns. They put them in people's cities and counties and principalities and municipalities. And they, they're everywhere, you know? And it's kind of scary because you see a little bit of a parallel with today and the MCU and the superhero fatigue. But guess what, kids? This show, The Boys, is the perfect cure for any superhero fatigue. Imagine a world where the superheroes are so fucking corrupt, you know? There's like secret clandestine orgies and fucking superheroes doing drugs and getting juiced up on fucking steroids. And there's a fucking superheroes that they're just so goddamn populated, they're, they're reckless, you know? Yeah, they're saving some people every now and then, but they're also fucking killing and, and hurting so many innocent bystanders. And this, this touches on that. Then we have a guy, a regular dude, you know? who's just strolling the streets with this girl one day, and she gets fucking murdered by a superhero. I'm not even going to tell you how, because you have to fucking watch it. Um, but it's pretty close to the comics. The comics were dark, they were gritty, but they were funny, because it's fucking Garth Ennis. He's the same guy that wrote Preacher, and if you haven't read that, you need to. And he also wrote uh, The Punisher for a long time, in like the early to mid-2000s. Great fucking run on The Punisher. He's got a sick, dirty mind that's clever and brilliant at the same time, and it's just sexy. The whole thing's sexy because it's provocative, but it's clever. It's not just shock value. You know, it's not just flum up your bum for the hell of it. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking diabolical. You know what I mean? Uh, and this show's great because we got fucking Carl Urban. And let me tell you something. Fans and comic consies know this already. But I fucking love, I fucking love, I fucking love me some Carl Urban. You know what I mean? I even liked him in Doom. I liked him in Lord of the Rings. I even liked him in that weird fucking Pathfinder movie, you know, about the SUV. I fucking love. And Jack Quaid, Dennis Quaid's a little boy, his baby boy, he's in this. And he does a good job, even if he does look like fucking Michael Shannon incarnate. Uh, all supporting cast is great. Elizabeth Shue comes up, Adventures in Babysitting. I'm never going to forgive her for that. But when I say forgive, I mean I'm never going to forget it because I loved it. She's great, you know? And the fucking the guy who plays the main fucking creepy would-be Superman, Homelander. He's fucking amazing. What the fuck is his name? I gotta look him up right now because I've never seen him in anything before and he's so awesome. Anthony Starr. That's with two R's. Anthony Starr. Anthony Starr. He plays Homelander and he's fucking amazing. Okay? Because guess what, kids? He might look like Superman and Captain America in a blender, but he's far from it. He's not a good dude. Uh, and it's not... I mean, there's obviously like some 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 borrowed material here. You know what I'm saying? These characters have to be kind of loosely based on characters that we'll know. Like there has to be kind of a Flash character and kind of an Aquaman character, which is hilarious, by the way, because there's so many great jokes in this movie about him. Uh, And there's, of course, like I mentioned, a Superman kind of character, even a Batman kind of character and a Wonder Woman character. And they're all given a little bit of fan service by anybody that reads comic books. But even if you don't read comic books, you're going to love this. I've texted everybody that I know and told them to fucking watch this show. Eight episodes. It's on. I just fucking finished it. And it's amazing. I think it's the best show I've seen all goddamn year, you know? And that's even going up against the fucking last season of, Amer- of The Americans, which I loved, but it just the last season was kind of, I just didn't, just didn't have the same kind of closure. And I haven't even finished some of these other shows. Like, I haven't even finished Swamp Thing because I kind of fell off because it's 
not really about Swamp Thing anymore. It's about these other characters, which is fine, but I just kind of lose interest. But this show is fantastic. From the first fucking episode, we are fucking rolling. Not, not even with just the action, but the pacing of the story is great. The characters, they're just believable because you've already suspended the, the disbelief because it's a world full of superheroes. So anything after that is fucking game. And it's just brilliant. It just sticks with the story. And it gives you backstory on some of these other guys that are out to get these superheroes. You know what I mean? Carl Urban and his ragtag group of fucking vigilantes. It's solid, but it's hot as balls, and I gotta go. Because it's so fucking hot in here, I can't record another minute longer. Like, I need to get a fan in here. I need to get something in here. Um, when I say it's hot, it is hot. Like, I'm in the hot box, like, right now. So, look, that's the show. I wish I had more to give you. I really, do. I really wish I did. Uh, but that's just it. You know, that's what happens sometimes. You know what I mean? Go watch... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters. Maybe rent The Lion King when it comes out on a fucking red box. I don't know. If you got kids, yes. If you don't, it doesn't really matter. You've already seen the animated one, and that's really the only one you ever need to watch. Um, and go see the fucking boys. All right? I just finished it. It's fucking solid. It's got a cliffhanger ending, which is amazing, and I can't wait to see what happens, and I'm so glad they already greenlit season two because I'm in. I'm fucking in. I hope they get more episodes in eight. Because I was sucked in. I binged the whole fucking thing in a weekend. And when you're binging, you're binging. And when you're not, you're not. But here I am, on the raggedy edge. Whatever I said, just remember at the end of the day, don't take it seriously, okay? If I said anything that caused any kind of alarm or made you go, what am I doing listening to this asshole rant and rant about shit that doesn't matter? I'm sorry, okay? I'm not going to talk about neuroscience or fucking cognitive science or any kind of science other than my own little science which is I fucking love this shit okay I just love it this is the shit I love talking about I'd rather talk about this any day than somebody's mortgage rates or how they cut their grass with a you know oversized engine it's just fiction to my right is Bounty Law series lead and Jake Cahill himself, Rick Dalton. And to my left is Rick Stutt Double Cliff Booth. So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff. <laughs> Cliff here is meant to help carry the load. Is that uh, how you describe your job, Cliff? What, carrying his load? Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> My hands are registered as lethal weapons. We get into a fight, I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. I've ever seen in my whole life. Thank you.